It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff run to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Hello, folks, and welcome back to Viva La Cats, the Cincinnati podcast representing the 1012 Network. I am your host, Justin Hiles, accompanied by my great friend, Steve Maurer, and we are here to bring you the Bearcats for better or for worse every single week. This includes our post-game live spaces, uh, which we try to keep up during the basketball season as well. So check those out on Twitter. And uh, aside from that, let's just talk about it, Steve. This is not something that we wanted to talk about, but we have to talk about. Yeah. Um, to quote a great scholar of the Twitter world, Tyler, I am uh, Trill Withers, Trilkey Withers. You got to be a blank idiot to be a sports fan. And Justin, on Saturday night, we were proven to be those idiots. Uh, UC dropped their fifth straight game against Xavier. Uh, and it almost like, Justin, you tell me, but I, it didn't really feel like it was really ever close other than the, the short period of time we were leading in the second half and we made that charge. But um, it was demoralizing. Um, I, I have some some notes here real quick. Uh, if you want to get more depressing era with me before we uh, try to reel ourselves back. But um, what a shit four months for Cincinnati sports fans who are also Bearcats fans. Obviously, if you are a fan of one of the other local teams, then why are you listening to this show? I guess you just want to drink tears. You see, we lost to all of our rivals, Justin, Miami, West Virginia, UCF, Xavier. I mean, NKU is not our rival, but thank God we didn't lose to them too because that would have been real bad. Uh, the Bengals lost Joe Burrow. Um, I mean, we have Jake Browning, but you know it's not the same. FCC lost their dread rivals, Columbus Crew, who won the championship this past weekend right up the road. Uh, and the Reds failed to make the playoffs, did not sign Shohei Otani. Uh, and Justin, there's only so much you should be able to take. Uh, and this is a painful four months. Uh, it's been really been a painful existence as a Cincinnati sports fan. And I try not to be the doomer gloomer Cincinnati sports fan, but uh, man, uh, I've been hurt a lot. And um, if we drop this game on Saturday to Dayton, it will not hurt me anymore because I've already been broken. That's false. It will continue to hurt you, Steve. Yes, because my brother would be able to talk shit to me about it. (laughs) Go Flyers. Um, Basically, yeah. I I think we're I think we're at the point where, uh, as you 
so saddingly said it's time to become a casual <laughs> uh and as much as that uh i you know obviously it's not going to happen for us on the bearcat side if you if you follow any amount of pro sports for cincinnati you got to be a casual if you if you want to have any amount of enjoyment because it is just straight suffering and misery over and over and over again there really have not been many breaks Oh, Jizzle James just made a three. For those of you who are not aware, uh, it is a Tuesday night, and we are currently watching the Cincinnati versus Bryant game, or should I say uh, the dilapidated Cincinnati team that played Xavier, cut that in half. They're playing Bryant. Um, it It's not going very well. But speaking of Norwood, uh, let's talk about that game, Steve. Let's just go right into it. We have yeah. to. Yep. Yeah, I mean, ugly. it was ugly. Um, and obviously, you know, you're not going to shoot that poorly in every game, but it always seems like we shoot poorly in that specific game. I don't know what it is. I don't know if Xavier's changing up like the the the, the shooting lines wherever we're at to make the baskets a little bit too tight. But man, you just had too many guys just show up and not really provide anything in that game, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is we've I, I figure it's going to happen at some point. Cheers. <laughs> I figure it's going to happen at some point during the season. And unfortunately, it's just happened earlier than we would have liked. But you start off the season, you know, top 10 going into this game in bench scoring. And I think that's a huge factor because that's something that's been super, super lacking has been Cincinnati's depth over the past few years. And then you go into this game, you're expecting, okay, this is going to be our biggest advantage. And in fact, it ends up being probably your worst nightmare because Xavier eliminates all of that. You have four guys who are scoring in double digits, which is great. And then you have the entire rest of the team who is chalking up about less than 10 points combined when, you know, going into this game, your bench scoring was in the 30 plus to um, to 40s, actually, I think. It was darn close. It was like 39 points a game or something like that, which is insane. And so when you lose that contribution from all of those guys scoring wise, uh, it sets you up really quick to fail. And unfortunately, um, you know, I know Steve and I have talked about this before we got into this week, but um, it's one of those games where, yes, it was a five point game at the end, but Jizzle James hucked up a shot at the buzzer to put a three in with literally no no time on the clock to make it a five-point game and shout out to that... anybody who bet on the over 78 and a half team total um <laughs> shout out to the midnight fox donnie brummer former <laughs> co-host of this show he happened to hit on that total yeah um and before that you know directly before that with you know five seconds on the clock i think it was skillings or somebody i don't remember who it was somebody threw up a shot and hit a three again to get us within that close range again so it's like this realistically, instead of a five point game should have been an 11 or 12 point game. Um, and that's just putting it plainly like this game was not as close as the scoreline showed, but it sucks too, because the score was fairly close for a good chunk of the game. And this was very doable. You know, we didn't go into the half with a lead would have loved that, but it was a close game, close enough game. It's manageable. And then you get halfway through the second half, still seems manageable. And then it just starts opening up. And I I just want to know at what point, when does when do the Bearcats get the turn of just having some guy who goes five for five, five for six, seven for eight from the three-point line, who is literally throwing a shot up with one arm and fucking flipping off the crowd with another and sinking in a bank shot three while falling to the ground to make it a four point play. Like I want to know when we have that, because that's basically what Xavier has had every single year. And it is a suffocating thing to play against because you know, somebody's going to do it and it's not going to be a bear cat. You just See, know that going into that game every year. Listen, I thought we had that guy and I'm holding up a number just so I don't have to say his name, but uh, the player whose number I'm holding up, I thought like this guy was going to do it. And, yeah. uh, he, he did not. Um, and that was, that was disappointing. Um, I, I think Justin, you know, there was a couple, there was like a six minute stretch where we went from like up three to down 12 
And that was really the ball game right there. Like, I get it, obviously. You know, there was a lot more time left in the game after that. I think there was still like five or six minutes after that. But you went up three, and then you're down like 72 to 60. It's going to be hard for you to come back from a double-digit deficit with less than seven minutes left in the game. And I just, like, obviously, of course, they got, you know, a couple good shots, a couple lucky things. Um, But... Justin, I want to ask you, like, what do you think is plaguing us on this run? And I have like a micro point, uh, sorry, a more macro point that I want to make just from this game and how I feel the fan base is reacting right now. But what is it, Justin? Why are we continuing to play like doo-doo in this certain game? I could give you a million reasons, Steve. Hey, we, we're on a podcast. We're recording this. So, I mean, yeah, you know, like... I think I'm going to I'm going to say if I had one reason, like one main reason to say why we continue to lose this game, I think it honestly comes down to the roster turnover. Like and I know that's that sounds like a really shitty excuse, given what Xavier went through this offseason and they have a lot of turnover. But I think the problem is, is that no matter how much turnover you have in your roster Xavier knows that this game is the game and I hate using the Super Bowl excuse because I don't want to do that but this is a massive game for Xavier that means a lot more to them than it does to the Cincinnati fan base somebody's going to quote me on that but I need to finish I don't know who y'all are that this game does not really matter that much to because we got to have a talk (laughs) no I know what what I'm getting at is like the amount that Xavier focuses on this game is far beyond what Cincinnati puts into it. However, Cincinnati needs to put that energy into it. It's not a, we don't care about this game. It's that Xavier wants nothing more than to just drown Cincinnati and drink their tears. That's all they want all year round. They're obsessed with the idea of beating us. We have lost the idea of being obsessed with beating them. We just hope that we beat them. And I think that 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 difference in like just game mentality is the difference of why this game has continued to just keep falling behind for Cincinnati. It's not that we don't care. It's that we just don't care the same amount. We don't care as much. And I think that that's not a fault. That's not saying that Xavier fans are this, you know, like they're obsessed and that absolutely nobody, nobody could possibly care care more than the Xavier Musketeers, but it's true. They want to play this game every year and they want to beat us every year. And I don't think that Cincinnati does the same amount of preparation for this game. I I would agree with that. Um, And look at the schedules that the two teams played comparatively. Like obviously Xavier was four and five heading into that game, but they still had a Ken Palm um, rating that was pretty close to uh, Cincinnati. And they had a much better out of conference strength, the schedule where you see, we didn't really play anyone. And obviously my bad folks um uh the Cincinnati basketball team is making me sick no I'm just kidding um the you know we didn't really play anybody leading up and obviously you know that's kind of a thing where we want to get our guys in but I think in the future Justin like I mean I think in future years we will be part of that big 12 big east battle and we will be able to like play some more higher quality games so it does like stand to reason that maybe we'll be more prepared for a big road game like this, but I just, I just don't think the guys were prepared for that first no. real road test like that. And that's hard to do. Like is, you know, how many elite programs are really going to have like a early season home and home, you know, like obviously there's a couple that have been doing it this year, but it's like Cincinnati is just not at that level where Ooh. other teams are looking to schedule it. And I'm I'm hoping it gets there, Justin, because I want to make this macro point real quick. Obviously, there's no one saying fire West. There's no one saying that this coaching staff is incompetent. Like no one is like complaining and we're not going to do, we're not going to give coach West Miller, the Brandon pink slip and say, get out the door and we're not going to pay you. um, And we'll settle it (laughs) later. But I don't really feel like, there's a ton of unity around his position, if that makes sense. Like, I don't really feel like there's been one really solidifying win for him in his tenure here. I mean, maybe Illinois, but that was a 
a neutral site win against a team that was obviously off that night. And other than that, you really haven't had like that one signature win or one signature moment in his tenure that people can look at and be like, oh yeah, proof of concept. Uh, somebody tweeted it in the replies. Um, I have not really been looking at the replies on our Twitter account because it hurts. But um, somebody said that we're now 2-16 and 16 in quad one games. Um, not great because look at our Big 12 schedule, uh, bracketologist.net. Um, I think all of our games are Big 12, uh, like Q1 games for um, not uh, for Big 12 conference play. It's just like very demoralizing when, well, one, Justin, this was like one of the worst Xavier teams in years since that NIT year was the last time we beat them. Um, and it was also just your chance really to play a team that you probably thought you were better than at their court and really get that monkey off your back and win that game finally at their place. So you made a good point, Justin, about the recruiting. And I do think that since he's recruiting can improve mm-hmm. with West Miller, obviously, and it, it has improved. We're seeing it. Like we're seeing the star levels next to these guys that we're bringing in. And I think eventually you're just going to have to keep loading up on that talent. Keep, I believe in coach Miller. I, I believe in this system. I believe it can happen. It's just like, man, like, what are we doing here? Like, it's just yeah. so frustrating um, to not win that game. I, I think the, I think for me, like I said before, the the point that I come back to is how bad does each team want it? And I think that honestly, there's been so many varying factors for Cincinnati over the past few years in the stretch in the past five that, like I said, I don't, I don't think the focus is necessarily there. Xavier just had their roster turnover like this year. But other than that, they had a shit ton of seniors. They had a lot of guys who had been in the program for a good while and can coach that mentality into the rest of their team and into their younger players that this is the game that you go for blood and guts. Like you're leaving it all on the court and you want to win this. If you look at this team, sure. You've had some guys that play in this, but I don't think that they really care about it or want it the same way. And maybe I'm wrong. And I hope that they prove me wrong, but as far as I've seen, like this game, we constantly fall behind. And I don't think that that can be attributed just to talent because yes, Xavier has been winning the recruiting battle just because of the big East. They've been winning that, that battle. And I think that conference really says a lot, but then you bring in Sean Miller, which really changes up the whole game because now you have quite, quite honestly, one of the best talent evaluators and recruiters in the entire country. And he gets to sit three miles away from you and come back to a team that has already plagued you before he got there. And so now this kind of continues. And I, like I said, I, I I look at it this way too. I think Wes still is, and this is a very hard thing to accept. And I don't think that this makes an excuse for him, but Wes is still a super young coach. I don't think people realize that, that this guy is like 40 years old flat. Like this, this is Sean Miller's, 55. I just looked this up the other day out of curiosity. Sean Miller's 55. This guy's got 15 years of life on him. And, yeah, and I he's think had that, that like, higher major experience too. As exactly. Well. I like, think the amount Arizona, of time, like huge coaching experience, like Wes Miller was in high school or middle school when Sean Miller started coaching. Like this is a completely different level of experience. And so like, it's just going to take a lot of time, I think for Wes to really build up. But now he's got the recruits. So if you got the recruits, you've got the guys. Once you get the talent in the door, this is kind of what I said last week going into this game, but I really believe it now, is if you don't win this game next year, you're not going to have an excuse anymore. You're going to be stuck because ultimately this is not going to get any better after that. If you lose at home, you have to go away the next year You've already lost four shootouts at that point under this same coach. I don't know how you come back from that unless you're actually competing in the Big 12. Like Wes has, you didn't win this game. You got to beat Dayton. And if you don't beat Dayton, you sure as hell better steal some top 10 wins from the first six teams that you play. The first six teams that we play in the Big 12, Steve, four of them are ranked in the top 25 right now. And three of them are ranked in the top like 12 or 50 or 10 or 15. Like it's insane. Like you have so much like weight on the front end of your schedule 
you have to be prepared going into that and you've got to get your shit together. And right now what I'm watching against Bryant and what I watched last week against Xavier is not doing it. And so you have to put the proof of concept into motion. And so far, unfortunately, Wes really hasn't done that yet. I think the 7-0 start really helps, but you have to show that like, okay, you have one off night where you're just shooting poorly. You're not doing so well against Xavier. You might have a little bit of a slump, but guess what? Good teams, they're gonna their slump might last a little bit longer. Great teams, that's gonna be one night. You got caught off guard, and you go into the next week and you beat the shit out of a team that you're supposed to beat the shit out of. The spread on this game tonight is twenty, and it's like a ten. It's a it's a nine point game with nine minutes to go. Like you should be blowing Brian out of the water. No disrespect to them, they're a good team. They beat a top fifteen team already. But like you need to be blowing that team out of the water if you want to prove that like this is not just, you know, that this is just a one time thing that this is just, okay, Xavier got us because they really wanted this game after losing three straight in Cintas. Like that doesn't happen for them. And then they're going to gear up for this game on top of it. Like there's a lot of factors as to why Cincinnati lost that game, but it's just continuing to happen year in, year out. Well, here's another comparison point too, Justin. Uh, Brian actually did go to X uh, and they lost by 25. Uh, so uh, X beat him by 25. So, you know, I do think that it's not a bad thing to really put X on that pedestal and say like, and, you know, give them their flowers. I, I haven't been able to talk shit to them for the past 10 years because they keep dunking on us and becoming a bet. Like their success in the past 10 years has outgained, has outpaced Cincinnati success by miles. And that hurts me to say, like, they just made a sweet 16 last year. Like we have not made a sweet 16 in, I was in high school since the last time we made I was a sweet middle 16. school, Steve. <laughs> it's just like, obviously it's just not what we want it to be right now. And uh, I listened to uh chatterbox Bearcats, uh, you know, Charlie Walter, former uh, Valley sports host. And uh, you know, just a big, Bearcats fan, and then um, a f- fellow elder alum, uh, uh, Barry Keen over there. Um, they I listened to their preview for the shootout, and you know they talked about how just sickening it was that Xavier has kind of like taken over that mantle from us as like that premier program within this city, within this state, and that just like that that should sicken you. It hurts hearing Bear- you talk. Just say those words, Steve. Like that just. Ryan's like how can you deny like i thought about putting out a tweet after but again my heart hurt and i didn't want to look at the app but um do you know that old clip justin where uh pedro martinez has is it is like uh at a press conference and he has to say uh i just have to admit that the yankees are my daddy uh and so he i just i don't know i didn't think it was going to go over well with us but i just i was thinking about putting that out as like just have to admit that they are my daddy you know like uh just like I'm I feel like I didn't really even like talk that much trash before this game. I was just the the motto on UC fan Twitter before the game was just win. And yep. didn't happen. I mean, it's like I said, uh, until until this team does the necessary things in order to be prepared for this game, it will continue to lose this game. And I think well, like I come back to you mentioned before the scheduling. I think that's going to be your biggest thing. If if you've got a, if you have something to set yourself up for, it's you have to look at your big 12 schedule and you got to say, okay, yes, there are a lot of games to lose there. There are a lot of teams that are going to try to beat the shit out of you. You're going to be getting some teams that are going to try to put the absolute gas pedal on you and beat you by 25. That's their hope because you're the newcomer and you're not necessarily looking so hot against competitive teams right now. However, if you look at the beginning of your schedule, before you get into that, I understand the cupcakes. I understand you want to get just decent enough teams that you can kind of have some amount of a non-conference resume, but it really just comes down to wins so that you have a nice pretty number at the end of the season. You need to look at how you prepare for this game by scheduling somebody who's worth a damn before you get to the shootout. Because Xavier, they did that. They lost three straight games to Oakland, Houston, and Delaware. Two of those teams aren't ranked. One of those teams is a top five team in the country, and we've had our ass beat by them plenty of times recently. That streak has gone on for way too long. However, Oakland and Delaware, 
those teams are teams that are regular names somewhere around the end of the season that win their conference championship, win their conference tournament, go into the you know tournament and they're playing in that. Like they might not necessarily be regulars, but they are names that you're familiar with and they're teams that are probably going to end up running their conference. Get those guys, but quit getting the guys that are meddling in these smaller conferences that you've just honestly never heard of. Get those off of your schedule and have somebody who's going to prep you play another road game, play in a tournament, get the away experience, get the neutral side experience out before this game, because I firmly believe that that is going to continue to kill you because you just lack the preparation. If you lose to Oakland, Houston, and Delaware in a row, all at home, you know what's a fucking wake-up call? Losing to those three teams in a row, and then the team that you have after that is the team that you aim for all year round. So if that's what your schedule is, you're going to come prepared for that, and if you've got a few losses, you bet your ass you're going to be playing for your life to try to win that game. And I just think that Cincinnati cruised at that 7-0 and and Xavier's sitting at that less than 500 going into that game and they've just been besmirched at their own home and their image has been smeared from what they wanted and what they expected to have at the beginning of the season. They're playing to beat the shit out of you in that game and it was still a close game. So, I mean, like, you've just got to be prepared. You have to be prepared and we have just... I don't know what the I don't know what the game plan is there other than just trying to have the good schedule. I get that it's your first year, but damn, dude. You I can't mean, keep losing this game. Hey, I joked about this um uh last week when the teams did their week before like little press conference at the downtown skyline, but go get Katrina Merriweather in the locker room to talk to the boys before that. She's now 11 and 0. Like shout out to the women's team for beating Xavier on Sunday. She is 11 and 0 as a player and coach against them. Like do whatever you got to do. Like this is obviously rivalries in basketball and football are very different. You don't obviously base your whole year off of like one game. Like my I kind of made that joke a few times during the football season on this show. But you know, this is still an important game and I think the problem is that we have been minimizing it. Like you said, like it's been a problem since Mick that we have minimized it. And I, I do think like, you know, obviously I made a joke with Coop about or a cap about free real estate, but they do have real estate in our heads, Justin. And we should really try to just use that real estate and really put them as the pedestal and really come for their ass like all year. I mean, you know, they like I know they obviously have players coming in all the time, but like somebody's got to wake these guys up. I mean, it took Kenny Martin last year coming in the locker room at halftime to wake those guys up. Like, I mean, Maybe it's just not the same right now, just with this era of, you know, transfer portal and guys maybe not staying all five years. But I, I don't. It's it's something's got to change with that. And I, again, I'm, I want to throw this out there because somebody somebody threw a comment under one of our tweets over the weekend, uh, and I don't believe this, but I get what the point is. They they said this rivalry needs another fight, and I. <laughs> We're never going to advocate for violence. Uh, shout out Kenny Freeze with his uh, no fighting shirt with uh, the Blob Boys. <laughs> but we're never going to advocate for that. But at the same time, like what this rivalry needs is something that's just going to get these guys pissed off and something that's going to be like, oh, yeah, no, that's we we fucking hate these guys because there's nothing there's nothing about this rivalry or any of these guys on the roster that just has like this fervent hate. Or Xavier. Xavier has that, like I said, because it's ingrained in their culture to hate Cincinnati. Free Kenny Freeze said it when we talked to them last week. And I think it's true going into all these other guys playing this, you know, that are playing now for Xavier. They don't know Cincinnati. They haven't played any of these guys, but they hate them. They hate them and they want to hate them. And they like it's 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 just like pumping yourself up in order to play the game. And I think Cincinnati just kind of walks in this game is like, all right, this is just, you know, another game, local game on the schedule. We got to win. But like, it's not like, this is somebody that I want to, you know, slit their throat. Like you well, want the cutthroat action out on the court and Cincinnati doesn't play that way. And Xavier does. Well, you sucks. know what the, like the, the thing is too, Justin. And, uh, it, you know, it's kind of the thing about what led up to that brawl um, in, 2011 it was the pregame comments 
from Sean Kilpatrick, Kilpatrick saying like none of their guys would start on our team, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, Xavier used that as bulletin board material and they took that shit to heart and, you know, not to say, obviously we can't call them a little brother cause they beat us five straight times, but like just in the city, Xavier is the smaller school. They have like, just, just counting numbers. They have less fans than us. Like it's ingrained in their culture that they want to like, like show that they're the better school, that they're the better team because, you know, I mean, jokingly, this is all they have, but it's also just like they, like their fans and like they've been hearing it for years about how Cincinnati has been better and better. And even in like the 90s when UC was losing games as a number one team to Xavier at home, like, you know, there's there's so many times where that has to happen before. Like, I just think this has been the problem with UC basketball for a while. And not that we need to like tear it all down and just start over. I mean, we're trying to go back to the glory days. We're wearing the blocks again, but I just feel like there's been an unearned arrogance from this program for the past 20, but ever since Bob Huggins left, like ever since that, that tenure ended, we've had an unearned arrogance about us and we've gone to one sweet 16 since Bob Huggins left. Like, I just think that's our, that's the problem with this program right now is that we have obviously like all those things in the rafters saying what we did. And like, I know the Xavier fans make that joke about us. Like we always talk about the past. They talk a lot about the past too, by the way, like, <laughs> you know, they say like, however many in the past 20, like, is that not talking about the past? Is that not talking about the nineties? Like, come on now. Um, But, you know, I, I do think that there is something to that, that, you know, we are Cincinnati does have a lot of history for its basketball program. We have a lot going for us. I definitely like we should I I want all those guys to be praised for the work they did here. But this program in the in ever since Bob Huggins left, Justin, we haven't really done that much. And it's time that we need to just let go of that fucking ego and just be like, look, man, we need to be like, you know, we we need this to be better. And I believe in Wes. I believe he can do that. But it's just so frustrating to see that, you know, we're still here resting on what what like nobody in this program did in the 90s when it's all just when Xavier has actually laid the work and they're still building. And, yeah. you know, eventually they will probably break through to a final four and all of our jokes will go away. But I just think it's like we got to stop resting on our laurels as UC fans and just as this program in general and really just get that hunger back, get that drive back. Well, and I think one of the big things too, and this is a reason that personally, I really, I really like Wes. And that, actually, you know, before I get to that, I'm going to backtrack a little bit, but this still all has to do with the same thing. Cincinnati has gone through so much turnover since Mick left. And I think that that's a huge thing to remember too, because you go from not only like, 2017, 2018, 2016, 15, that 15 to like 18 stretch was massive for Cincinnati basketball. You know what was at the fucking sewers at that point in time? Cincinnati football. It really wasn't much of anything to be worth playing for. Like it, you did, you could go to the games, cool, but they're going to turn out a 500 season or less than 500. And then they might, you know, get good eventually, but who knows? Cincinnati football was not the premier thing at the time. Cincinnati basketball was still the premier thing. People looked to that. They marqueed that. Cincinnati basketball had a different energy. Then Mick leaves. And at the exact same time that Mick leaves, Cincinnati football gets really good. And everybody's attention gets drawn away from that. And guess who gets to come in after that? John Brannon, who then gets to go out the door in two years. Guess what also happens in that? You have like 14 or 15 guys who all cycle out of your roster in a matter of like two years. And then on top of that, you then fire that guy, you bring in a new coach, and then after a year of that, you're going to a new conference. Two years of that, technically, you're going to a new conference. So then with the new conference, you're still cycling out more guys. Now you're trying to gear up your talent, which means you're probably losing a few guys that have been with the team that know the rivalry. You don't have a Jeremiah Davenport. You don't have a Mike Adams Woods who came in as freshman, played in this game, and know the game. You have guys who are just new. They might be more talented, but they're new. And so you lose that. 
you lose those guys. You have a coach who doesn't really have the history of it, who didn't grow up around Cincinnati, who didn't really know it. So he's getting to learn the rivalry, even if he has respect for it. There's just so much kind of change here. And then look at, and then I want to put this in comparison to Xavier. Yes, they had Travis Steele. They went from Chris Mack to Travis Steele to Sean Miller in just about the same time frame that we did. But you know what didn't slow down? They're recruiting. You know what didn't slow down? They're winning. You know what didn't slow down? Their postseason presence. You know what also did not slow down during that? Their hate for Cincinnati. And you know what else they got in the midst of all that coaching change? They got a coach who's played in the Crosstown shootout and who knows the rivalry because he was at Xavier. So he knows how much this game means. And so again, I think it just comes back to like, Xavier has done everything to be prepared and has just, it, it's its a completely different situation over there than we have currently. And I really agree with what you say here, Steve, because I don't think that necessarily we should lose our desire to win. And I don't think that this just like completely derails a season because I still believe, like I said, there's 23 after this game finishes, 22 games left on your season. The Bearcats are starting to take over, by the way. They have a 16-point lead with five minutes to go. That's looking better. We'll see how it finishes. Regardless, you have guys that are set up for a long time to eventually get us there. But you have to lay the culture. You have to lay the groundwork in order to get there. And like what you said, Steve, that ego, that past that you keep holding on to, you need to learn. And this is where I come back to the point that I like about Wes. Wes is completely different than John Brandon. Wes is completely different than Mick Cronin. Wes is completely different than Bob Huggins. He does not emphasize the same points in the same kind of game style that any of those guys did. He has a very different structure. He respects what they did, but he has a very different structure, and he has something that he came with that is a completely different game. There's a reason that the Bearcats offense looks as effective as it has over a arc, over a period of time. Sure, there's some down spells in there, just like any other team is going to have a poor shooting night, but they look good, and they have improved over the course of time. And that's a thing that I think with Wes, you can really believe in is it is changing the identity to where Cincinnati basketball is a new thing. And it's not just this constant pearl clutching of what we've had. Like, I think this is just a new thing that you have to kind of just get with and stay with. And you just got to hope that it gets better. I don't, I, I'm not at a point, like I said, I'm not going to be out on Wes. I'm going to see how this season goes. I still firmly believe in Wes's system and that he can do it. I think he is the coach for the long haul. He just has to get some of those wins on the board to keep people with him. But you can yeah. clearly see his guys care about him. Look at the way that Olivari talked about him after the game. This is directly after the game in the, in the Crosstown shootout. You're supposed to be up there talking a bunch of shit, talking about how much you hate, like how much you beat Cincinnati and how fun it is and all that. And he's talking about Wes Miller after the game and how much respect he has for Wes Miller and Chad Dollar and our staff because he got recruited by them too. But seeing Olivari, and I'm like, I hate saying this. I kind of liked him, and I kind of liked the way that he was talking, and his game is super respectable. Seeing that and seeing the type of person that you can clearly see that he is a good guy gives me confidence in Wes because you can see that that's the kind of guy he was trying to get, and Xavier just happened to snag him. That makes me feel a lot better because you can see that product. That's a good guy on a different team that we hate, and you can respect him, and Wes was going for that. That kind of culture, I think, is really important to get those guys in your locker room. So I respect that, and I think that he's doing that with the rest of the guys because you can see they've got a good level head, and they're good kids. I just hope that we continue to do that and then bolster the talent and get these guys going. Believe that was a agree. long rant. But no, I, believe in Wes. Don't give up on Wes yet. Believe in Wes. <laughs> I completely agree. <sighs> Steve, I would just like to inform you and the people listening to this, that the Bearcats have won the race to 69 tonight. I think it should be fine. John Newman just put in a layup. It is now 71-52. The Bearcats are cruising towards that uh, 20 and a half point spread. So things are looking up. <laughs> Never in doubt. the team the way that we should. Why did I ever doubt these guys? They're back. Yeah. Like I said, hey, man, Bearcats basketball has a lot of season left. Don't give up on them. The shootout... It's ugly and hopefully it will improve, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of season left. There's a lot of future left with this roster. We didn't even talk about Jizzle James. We're less than a minute on our zoom. We didn't even talk about Jizzle James. Should we talk about him, Steve? Should Jizzle we James the go. 
Okay, so that was a quick little splice here, but uh, we realized we also did not talk about the game uh, in the players and sort of the statistical breakdown, so we're going to make it quick. This game was honestly pretty good for a few guys and really ugly for the rest. But the one that we want to talk about and we want to lead with is the true freshman, the real James, not the fake James at USC, the real James that's in Cincinnati. Edrin's son, Jizzle James. Jizzle. <laughs> yeah, J- Jizzle, dude, he really like went off, man. I, man I was mean, cooking. He, we, he was what we asked for. He was what I, we asked for. Just the rest of the I'm, team failed to keep up with him. I'm so impressed by him, man. Like he really kind of just stepped up in that situation. And he's, you know, we've kind of been asking this year, like who's going to be that we don't really have a go-to scorer, but I'm so impressed with him, impressed with him being a freshman and being that go-to guy. Like that's just so impressive to me to be able to like be a true freshman, step right in and have that kind of role there. And, you know, I'm just going to pull up what he did tonight just because we're talking about him, but 11 points, two, two rebounds, three turnovers, like you know, maybe not his greatest game, but still played well enough for us tonight. Um, shout out to Aziz, by the way, 12 and 17 for him. But Justin, um, we were, we were DMing with, uh, our former Xavier Viceroy buddy. Um, I, I had been calling him Kyle all along, which was wrong because his real name is something else. But, um, so, he mentioned though that Jizzle got pulled a couple different times, and I like I, I know why. It's mostly just because of like the uh, him being just such a young player, and just how Jizzle you know, Day Day is more experienced in these situations. But I will kind of have to wonder if you're West, if you're just like I gotta let the hot hand ride here. You know, like I don't really know how many turnovers that Jizzle uh, has had, but you know. I mean, he only had one tonight and, uh, you know, not like 15 overall for the team. But I kind of just wonder if you got to let the hot hand ride there. Dude, I'm okay. Here's where I got to go with this, because I I think Day Day and Jizzle in a in a way that was very different than what we had last year with Micah and DDJ which is crazy to think that we had Micah and DDJ this year and we have neither of them now. Uh, but <laughs> And it's just how fast this, you know, uh, backcourt has changed. But when you look at the dynamic between them, I feel like it's really similar. And I think that that's where that point comes into play of you have to let the hot hand ride because they're so similar in their game. They really attack the basket. They try to shoot some threes. They try to, they have a really round, rounded game. I I don't know what Day Day has that Jizzle doesn't. And I don't necessarily know what Jizzle has that Day Day doesn't. But I think that Jizzle has shown a little bit of the scoring consistency. And I think between the two of them, you have such a similar look that you really can't sacrifice having both of them on the court at the same time. And given both of their skill set, and their position and the depth that we have now at that position, you really can't afford to lose either one of them either. And you can't afford to risk having both of them on the court at the same time. I, I just think what, what is going on? Wow. Sorry. My, uh, I had a, uh, some highlight playing that was shown up. I think, I think that just kind of what I look at is Jizzle's the future day day is going to last you this year i think he gets next year as well too right i don't think he's just one year so you got two yeah out of yeah them. he would have two years as a G- juco right. guy so i think you just keep playing them the way you have i think you split their minutes i think they're giving you some strong contributions whoever's hottest right now let them have the last few minutes of the game you don't necessarily need to make jizzle starter right now he's getting plenty of minutes i'm pretty sure he's like in the top five of minutes right now, let it keep going. I, I, I think that he's honestly going to be the future of this. And if you're looking for a guy who's going to know what that rivalry is about and who's going to play well in that shootout, I think you got him. I really think you do. And I think that you got him in a way that we really didn't feel that we had with some of these guys of recent past. And so 
I'm hoping that he really turns out to be a stud. Um, and it's looking like he has already. And for somebody as a freshman to be contributing the way he has, I'm really impressed. Um, he, he looks like he should be out on the court more than a couple of the other guys. Um, you know, I, I but I, I do firmly believe that him and day day are so similar that you really can't risk, you know, putting them both on the court at the same time and then lose a couple inches of height, uh, you know, with your matchup of the two, because, uh, they're both smaller guys, but could you imagine that if you just run like a small lineup, get, I don't think I've, we've seen a single minute of action of day day and Jizzle on the court at the same time at all. Have yeah. you? Nah, I, I, not that I can think of, but I would be, um, I mean, we probably would have seen more of that if, uh, Aziz wasn't cleared. So, yeah. I mean, but dude, I, throw was throw those two in, put Vic and Aziz down there and then put like John Newman in. You got two guys who can do basically the same thing. Did I you play the four guard lineup with skillings or like a four non big lineup with skillings as well. Ooh, that's a good question. Mm, I don't know, man. Let's let, okay. Well, while we're on it, let's get to this too, because this is a point for, uh, the game and I, I i was really frustrated by this i texted steve this and this was my biggest pain point so the bench scoring not great uh the overall contributions aside from jizzle james um you know there was you had 19 15 17 and 18 from three other guys uh that's great but this is in it flies directly in the face of everything that we said going into this week which was the entire rest of your team that are not those four guys, two, two, zero, three, zero, three. Like that's nothing from the entire rest of your team. And that's not been the mantra all year round. It's been, we're going to split the load. We might have some double, double digit scores, but they're going to be low double digit scores because we're going to have like seven of them. And instead you just have a few guys and everybody else gets locked up. You also had Seamus, Dan Skillings and CJ Frederick who went a combined 0 for 9 from 3 against Xavier. And from the field, those three went 2 for 20 between three guys. One of them is a starter, and the other two are sharing some high second second bench rotation minutes. You got to have that figured out. You cannot have just basically goose eggs from those guys like that just can't happen especially yeah. when cj is your spot up shooter Seamus is your other spot up shooter and is trying to lead your team kind of in assists and really dish out the ball and then you have dan skillings who's supposed to be do it everything you can't have all three of them have goose eggs from three and then have two for 20 from the field like that's just so bad yeah, I mean, and that is my concern against uh, teams that will be as good or better than Xavier is that, uh, you know, we, we just like if you can take those guys away from the game, that instantly improves the other team's chances of beating Cincinnati. Uh, and, you know, and Skillings, unfortunately, we've seen some ups and downs from him this year. I think people were hoping that he would be a more consistent producer and he just has not been yet uh and you know he's a sophomore he's still growing um i do think that you know i'm holding up his number again for people i do think that you would hope that a guy with some more experience in college basketball could have provided that moment like i had hyped him up on the show with the blob boys to do uh, and it just unfortunately didn't happen for him and you know, I don't want to crush him too much because I'm sure he knew too, and I'm sure it didn't feel good for him to have that moment in that game. Um, and just understanding for him what the weight of that game is, but just just like a, a tough performance from those guys. And honestly, I don't think Seamus should have been playing. Like I know we just needed a body, but and he still looked kind of hurt during the Bryant game, honestly. But right. like just still. I don't I don't think he should have played in that game and I, I get why, but you know, he, he did look a lot better against Bryant. Um I'm just gonna pull up his uh his box real quick, but you know, seven points, three for five, one one three, five rebounds, two assists. Uh, you know, doing a little bit better there. Uh and then, you know, shout out to Jizzle, eleven again, skillings skillings, 
like I said, hot and cold, 11. Um, CJ Frederick, bounce back game for him. Happy to see that, 14. Aziz, though, 12 and 17. That's another one, Justin. Like, you know, Victor had 17 in this game, and Aziz only had three. Like, right. I, we did boss them in the paint, 50 to 29 points in the paint. And, like, I think the Blob guys told us, like, point uh, the play in the paint for them is not their strongest point. Uh, and we were able to take advantage of that. I just think like if we were able to knock down a few more of those shots and obviously prevent them from making shots, that is how basketball works. But well, was- let's just put it this way. Olivari, he made more threes than the entire Cincinnati roster combined in this game. That's really the only highlight of anything that you need to know about how the three point shooting went, but why is I also Wes Miller not checking his Twitter? I, I I tweeted the screenshot at him. I was like, "Here's your scouting report, Wes." Yeah, like it was this Quincy Oliveri made like four threes against Delaware, and everybody else was like zero oh, for ten. Like, yeah. that's your scouting report, and obviously Oliveri is a, a good player, but that 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 was just a little bit demoralizing to have that happen to us. I think the biggest thing that I noticed in this game that really just irked me. Okay, you have Seamus and Skillings and Frederick going 0 for 9. Yeah, that sucks. Those guys should be shooting your threes. Yeah, right? That makes sense. In this game, you had Victor Locken. This is not shout. This is not like calling out Vic. This is a coaching thing. This is on Wes. You cannot have a big who made like four threes in the past two seasons shoot seven of them against Xavier. I understand that he went like five for five against Georgia Tech and or like five of six from three. It wasn't something insane, but he was hot. He was hot shooting. Vic made his first three after he missed like five. He should have never been taking another three in that game. You're you're I, I understand that his game has evolved, but you cannot have him shooting that many threes in a game. It is irresponsible to have your center shoot that many threes in a game when that is not his only shot. He clearly, going one for seven, if you take those three off, he had 14 points in this game. Those 14 points, can guarantee all of them came in the paint or at the line. That's where his points should come from. And if he happens to make a three, cool, let him shoot another one. If he misses that one, don't let him shoot again. That's how that should be. Like, that's just the way center should play unless you're like, Wenbeyama or something crazy. You know, unless you're Porzingis or some kind of like wizard, unicorn, center like you should not be shooting that many threes a game and then you come into this game there's the discipline because Vic didn't shoot a single three in this game he went zero for zero from three he only had seven points but he had 12 rebounds he did his job he had a block as he's had four blocks in this game the paint guys did their job the armory did their job and I think they did their job last week but I think the game was a little bit too reliant on guys doing things that they're not used to, which gets you out of your rhythm and gets you out of your mojo. And like, like I said, I think that this is where I see it as the game against Xavier was your outlier. We played pretty damn bad and it was still a five point game. So keep that in mind too. I think the defense needs to shore up a little bit and get a little bit cleaner. Bryant, of course, only scored 53 tonight. I think about half of those were just their, their own fault. They do not know how to shoot right now, so hopefully they can figure it out for their season. But I think as bad as we played against Xavier, we still played good enough to compete with them down to the wire for the most part. So if we can do that against the Big 12, I think we'll be set up fairly well to succeed. I think it really is just going to fall back on the hand of you can't let that happen every week. You got to have it. If something bad happens, you got to brush it off. You got to get over it. Thankfully, the Bearcats took care of business. They ended up winning by 28 tonight. 85-53. So for a game that was a little bit ugly, it was a three-point game at the half. Sorry? You mean 32? Yeah, 85-53. I'm a designer. Math isn't my strong suit. 32 Rain grads. So they cover... Hey, hey, you know who else is a Rain grad? Ivan fucking Pace Jr., baby. That guy is a stud. And Shout out know, to him. Joke... Jokes on all of you NFL teams, including the Vikings, who didn't even draft him. He should have never missed the NFL draft. What a complete oversight. A unanimous All-American does not even get a sniff 
but ends up being what could quite possibly be the defensive rookie of the year. So congratulations to you, fellow. His Coleraine team allowed Ryan as many issue. points as Coleraine had football wins this year. <laughs> Steve, that's a different conversation for a different day. We're talking basketball. Like I said, though, overall, I think as ugly as the first half was, it was 30 to 27. The Bearcats put up 55 in the second half, so they got their shit together at the half, which is good. That's all you can ask for. If you put up 55 in a second half, you come out with halftime adjustments and you look good. And quite honestly, they did that against Xavier too. I think Xavier just started hitting their shots. And so comparatively, when you look at these two games, I think they set up fairly decently to compete. I just don't think they did enough to win. And tonight, of course, they did what they should have and they beat the brakes off of Bryant. So congratulations, Bearcats. Now, eight in one that still is a very nice number it feels very good you just have to take care of business in heritage bank arena formerly known as u.s bank arena and beat dayton that's you, all you better do it or else i won't have bragging rights against my brother but also um I, this if you is don't like... do it we've lost to like four local teams this year which is just really bad <laughs> yeah well, and also, I think this is your best chance at a like a decent non-conference win other than Georgia Tech uh, before the season starts, uh, before the conference season starts. So obviously yeah, 42 in net. That's a yeah. quad one win, baby. If yeah. you can obviously, win. you don't really need those wins when you're playing, you know, the Big 12 schedule, but it's nice to have. That sure is true. That sure is true. Well, I think we covered everything, Steve. Um I don't know about you, but I definitely feel better about our season after talking about this. I think is I think there's mojo. There's some good vibes coming. You just got to stick with it. Yeah, uh, I was a little bit forlorn uh, over the weekend and at the start of this podcast, but I think we've talked out our issues. I think we've really figured out what we need. What we we said what we had to say, and we're just going to be better for it. You know, just like the Bearcats. So, shout out to all the fans. By the way, thanks for sticking with us. I know this is a hard episode to listen to especially after your favorite team loses in the biggest game of the year but you know keep with us big big 12 season still incoming it's gonna be a lot of fun this year bearcats are gonna win a couple games hopefully win a couple games that they're not supposed to win and maybe that unifying moment will come this year justin maybe we'll just win one game that we're not supposed to and just be like all right we're here the west miller train rolls on speaking of Big 12 friends that we're shouting out. I just, oh, I would like to take a, wow. take a second here to just shout out some good friends over at Charlie Hustle. Your friends over at Charlie Hustle have you set for the entire winter. They have you set through basketball season, come into the spring, into the summer, and through football season too. They have a fantastic collection with the finest threads, with the finest graphics, all but Cincinnati. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. I want to, I'm going to put together a whole thing later on of all the time we waited. And then it's going to feel so good when we finally have the product, but they have all of the other big 12 teams. They have plenty of other teams across the South that you may be a fan of and your family may be a fan of. So if you are a fan of those teams or you simply want some nice threads, head over to charliehustle.com. Use the promo code 101215. That's 101215 for 15% off of all non-sale items and get you some good gear because it's the holiday season. Treat yourself if nobody else is going to do it for you. That's right. Take care of yourself. Take care of your chickens. Take care of your mentals. And take care of Charlie Hustle. They they help us out in many ways. Why don't, they let, why don't you let them help you out this holiday season? Very nice. Very nice. Sorry. That was uh, <laughs> it probably could have been a cleaner way to say them. Let That's them fine. help you this holiday season. How about that? <laughs> Much better. I think it's time. I think it's time to go to bed, Steve. Yeah, I have a toast. Here's to the rest of the season. Hopefully it won't be as bad as what we saw on Saturday night. And I know it won't be because, Justin, I'm going to say that was going to be the that's the rock bottom for this team. They can only get better from here. Yep, pretty much. I mean, I think we saw the two two of the worst halves of the entire season tonight and last weekend, and it's going to be over. It's all up from here. That's right. 
you said there not. was not going to be any losses in these new uniforms so still haven't lost in the white uniforms haven't seen the cincinnati uh the red uniforms yet so this is true this is true you never know well steve have a good one brother you as well sir and you uh, as well our loyal listeners thank you very much don't forget viva Podcast Network.